This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Welcome back to Pure Skin Talk. This is Devin MacArthur. You guys, today I have Stephen Mango. He is back. And we are going to talk all about his experience flying to Turkey to get a free hair transplant. This guy is crazy. I love him. And if you guys listened to the interview last time, then you know this guy does some crazy things for beauty. (laughs) And he loves to come here and share his story with us. And I always appreciate it because they're always good stories. So here is the first part. Second part will come out next week. And I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. Here you go. Okay. So Stephen Mango's back, you guys. Welcome, Stephen. Thank you. Glad to be here, (laughs) as always. Uh, We just have so much to talk about. (laughs) And we have to somehow get this in maybe probably two episodes. Because you, I mean, you, I see your posts. I see you on Instagram or even when you post on the Facebook group. And I'm just like, wait, he's doing what now? (laughs) Like You are crazy. There's been so much that's probably happened since the last time I haven't been back here. Probably like a whole new face or something. And it's been less than a year. So let's point that out too. Less than a year since we've last talked. (laughs) <laughs> like three months ago or something yeah, like that. Really. I, mean, I love it so much. So I know two of the things we're going to talk about are your trip to Turkey where you got your hair transplant. And then we're going to talk about Ozempic. And then, mm-hmm. oh, you did the Morpheus 8 uh-huh. since we've talked. I had PDO threads as like a facelift into like my mid face into my jawline area. Okay. Probably done sculptures since then. Probably a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> You're crazy. You're crazy. Regular microneedling, laser. Did you like the Morpheus 8? It was okay. At least for me, I feel like you could get like the same benefits from just doing like regular like microneedling with PRP. So I think for the actual like radio frequency sort of element of it, because what basically Morpheus is that's different than regular microneedling is the actual like energy and the heat component that comes through the needles versus just a regular sort of skin pen or other like sort of things that they're kind of like branding different microneedling sort of systems as. So I think that if you have like acne scarring, Morpheus is really great. If you have a lot of laxity to your skin and kind of like tighten it up a little bit more, or if you have like fat pockets, if you have like the trend about like buckle fat and all these different things, or like even like jowls and stuff like that. If you want like a little bit of like fat reduction and heat, then Morpheus is good for that. For me, just for like overall skin tone, pore size, texture, that sort of thing, I don't feel like it's necessarily worth the money to shell out like a thousand dollars plus per session. The thing with me that's different, I don't pay for some of these things when med spas are like, hey, come in and like, let's film a video. And yeah, sure, I'll film it and do it for free, but I'm not going to shell out personally if they were like, hey, you know, if I was going in as just a regular patient, then no, I wouldn't be getting Morpheus. It was okay, but it just, you need at least three. So I wouldn't even waste the money on anyone being like, I'll just try it out one. Don't, it's not worth the money unless you do three. (laughs) See, I would worry about the heat component with the Morpheus 8 
because that can make melasma and hyperpigmentation worse. So that makes me a little nervous, especially melasma. Mm -hmm. That heat really can, can make it worse. So that would be my concern. And I just haven't, even with Morpheus 8, and then you have PRP with the microneedling, and then you just have the regular microneedling, which is what I do. I haven't seen pictures where I'm like, wow, Mm -hmm. PRP was significantly better than regular microneedling, or Morpheus 8 was significantly better. You know what I mean? Um, So I feel like just doing microneedling and getting into the skin, I feel like people see some amazing results like that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I don't think you always have to go to the highest first. Right, exactly. I think it just depends on what you're kind of like targeting and what you have to do. I mean, even some people like for me were like, oh, you don't really need to do PRP with it. I like the PRP component, but I mean, I guess it really depends. Regular microneedling is going to cause that microtrauma, that injury, and then the PRP is just going to help it heal a little bit quicker, more or less. So it's not like it's necessarily giving like some extra sort of boost in a way. I mean, a little bit, but creating that injury is going to be what gives that result. Well, and then I also think of the blood because we're using our own blood with the PRP. And so I think if you have somebody who's 60, you're using 60-year-old blood versus somebody like you in your 30s. You know what I mean? You're using young blood still. Um, mm -hmm. And just with more like growth factors and stem cells Mm -hmm. and all that sort of thing. Right, exactly, exactly. So I don't know. I just think unless you really see a big difference or you're at the stage where you're like, but I've tried the microneedling and for some reason this isn't working, then go to the next step. But I feel like people always want to rush to step 10 Mm -hmm. when really you can start with step one. Yeah, we just got to calm down a little bit. It's like, we don't always have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars. Exactly. So. <laughs> I think we should talk about the hair transplant first, because I think that's going to be a really big, big topic. <laughs> I mean, I really want to talk about Ozempic, but I'm going to wait and like calm myself <laughs> down. But I think we should definitely talk about Turkey. I want to know, like, I kind of just want to know everything, or I definitely want the listeners to know. I know a lot of it because you are so free with your information, which is awesome. But I mean, this is obviously something you wanted to do, but how did you get in touch with people from Turkey? (laughs) I know, it's so crazy. (laughs) So it was starting probably three years ago, I started noticing more of my hairline starting to recede. Now, whether that was stress from my own personal health issues or just life or whatever, or just genetics. I mean, I don't really necessarily know what kind of like triggered it at probably like 28 or 29. I'm going to be 32 this year, but it was somewhere around there when I was starting like late twenties where I'm like, wow, like my hairline, like kind of like over here was just starting to go back and you could see my scalp. It just made me just kind of like feel like less confident, I guess. So then I started trying to do just like the basic average steps that anyone would start with. Right. So doing like minoxidil foam, like from different websites. You can just get like the foam from like a doctor and they just mail it to you. So I'd apply the minoxidil foam at night just because it makes your hair really sticky and, you know, just have foam and it just makes your hair crunchy. And I'm like, I just don't, it, it would make it like harder for me to comply with doing it every single day just because, you know, it would just make my hair just kind of smell and whatever. So I would keep it on at night. Yeah. Then I was trying Propecia, which is a prescription pill. Again, same sort of thing. They have all these websites. Now you can just do an online quick questionnaire. Doctor prescribes it, which is kind of shady in a way of the sense that they're not doing like all the regular blood work and tests to really see like, hey, is this a good idea to be putting you on these strong like hormone blocking type of medications? Right. Because doesn't Propecia, can't that affect testosterone? Um, Yeah. People have like really crazy side effects on it. It could affect like your sex drive, your prostate, like all sorts of like wild things. For me, it didn't really have like, I didn't notice any like wildly crazy type of thing. Maybe you're young enough that you've still got everything going strong. Or I was on like a low enough <laughs> dose maybe that it didn't yeah. really like 
create anything. So maybe a little bit like moody or something, because sometimes it could affect like, you know, anxiety or depression or stuff. But I would take it at night too, just so it wouldn't affect me during the day for those type of reasons. So I was taking it. And again, hair doesn't grow like two weeks later, you take it. And then a month later it grows. Like just with the stages of like hair growth, it's going to take four or six months. And then I started seeing it though. I started seeing it come in. So it's starting to feel good. Being like, wow, yeah, I'm starting awesome. to get that growth. And it looked like my hairline was starting to come down where like it should have been coming down to. I'm like, oh, this is great. And then I don't know what happened. This was maybe like during like the pandemic or something like that. I don't really know. Just maybe just from life or whatever, I just started like not taking it or forgetting to take it. Or it was just like, I just don't want to be on like a ton of medications in general. Like I just felt like, you know, I take my beauty supplements and all these different things. I'm just like, I'm like loading up with all these different supplements and pills. I'm like, you know what? I'm just kind of overtaking so many things. So then I stopped right. taking it. And then maybe like last year or something, I started noticing it, like all the hair growth that I had went away, plus even more into the point where people would like notice, like it looked kind of like receded or it just didn't look good in photos, which actually to interrupt for a second talking about is interesting. I was listening to some, like, I, I think it was a plastic surgeon talking on, I, th- I think it might've been Sophia with an F, Sophia Franklin from Caller Daddy. I think she had a plastic surgeon on her show. And he was saying like, we're so used to trying to like morph our image and how like we feel about ourselves, like through like how we see ourselves on the phone, not like real life or like how we're presenting. I don't remember the exact way he worded it. It's so true. It's so true. But it's like how we feel about ourselves is how we look after we take the selfie or like the image. And then we kind of base an opinion versus like outside. So I'm like, oh, that kind of really makes sense because I'm looking at photos and being like, oh, how will my hairline look if it was a little bit lower? Not necessarily always just from like that objective, like outside type of thing. But I mean, nonetheless, I mean, it's still going to affect how you feel about yourself. Well, we also have to remember that how we view ourselves is very different than how everybody else views us. Oh, totally. <laughs> We're just our harshest critics. So you're going to see that receding hairline. You're going to be like, everybody can see this. Everybody knows I'm bald. Like, it's just, <laughs> we get so dramatic. And you talk to people and they're like, I never noticed. Yeah, they don't know? even tell. And the thing was yeah. too, with my hair, it would be like cowlicked up in the front. And this is why I was doing it too. If I wore my hair almost like bangs, like going across my forehead or something, then it wouldn't show the hairline, but I was like spiking it straight up. So then you could see all the irregularities in my hairline if you're really looking or from the side. Right. If I just brushed it down, which I couldn't because it was cowlicked, then I could have hit it and probably got away with 10 more years. But nonetheless, I was always looking online up like different like places that I could go for like hair restoration. Like you can do PRP injections or exosomes or PRFM, which is platelet-rich fibrin, matrix. There's like different ways that they spin the blood and stuff and they could inject into your scalp and people get good results. But with me, I want more of like a almost like a contoured type of look in form of definition. Like I don't want just to, to like look like, okay, I have more fullness. Like I wanted it to be more like straight across, reducing my forehead and stuff. So. Right. You just wanted more hair. Yeah. Just more hair. Yeah, Um, exactly. So I started looking up different like clinics and stuff. And in LA to get these graphs done, because you need thousands and thousands to like really fill in a hairline and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll need like 1500 or 2000 graphs or something. It's still a lot, but they're charging like $8, $10 a graph, $12 a graph. So if you're thinking, it's just say for the math purpose, a thousand and you're spending $10 a graph, that's 10,000. Then you're spending more than that probably because that's just like, if you're just looking for like a little bit of fullness, like on the sides or something. And it's like, okay, who's going to be able to 
afford that. And if even if you're like, okay, sure, here's 10 grand, would I rather spend that on hair, facial surgeries, or other right. beauty things, or just to save in the what bank? What bothers you the most? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it wasn't my hairline, but it was still enough that it would be like, you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, my hair is going back in the hairdresser comments or says like, oh, you know, it's kind of like thinning there or whatever. And then, then it makes it even worse. <laughs> and right. So anyway, so I started looking up, like researching online. Like I keep seeing all these guys online doing it, but how do they afford it unless they're taking out loans or doing that sort of thing? Can you imagine? Just like taking out like, you know, a $500, yeah. like it's like a car payment, right? Like to spend like yeah. 15000 or something on hair. And my husband's not going to go for that in the sense of being like, hey, you're spending 15000 or 20000 on your hair more than that. Like, right. you know, I'm going to be killed if I'm spending like money like that on my hair. You're going to find yourself divorced. <laughs> yeah, just trying to have like a nice hairline for myself, yeah. right? It's like so stupid. Yeah. So then I'm like, hey, like, where do I go to get a hair transplant? Like, not so much on the cheap, but like, what could I do like as an alternative sort of measure? Like, not that I want it to be risk it being botched, but, you know, maybe there's like a doctor who's newer in practice who charges like $5 a graph, not 12, or like a student who's practicing under, you know, like those type of training sessions for things like maybe something like that. But then I was reading a lot online about just how like Istanbul is the hair transplant capital of the world. But on the flip side of the hair transplant capital of the world, just like any sort of positive, there's the negative of they have like these hair mills where they knock out patients left and right over and over, next, 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 next. Right. So they don't have like the proper like credentialed staff. They'll use technicians, not nurses, or they'll have doctors who, you know, all, all sorts of different scary type of things too. And it's not like you can go there first. I mean, you could, but think of the cost and price and the flight of 15 hours to meet a clinic first. Yeah. Yeah. And there's things I would do differently, which I'll tell you too. But I was just kind of thinking, you know what? Let me just start researching Istanbul and seeing. And luckily, just like how there's like Facebook groups that you and I know of for like gossip or other sort of things, there's ones for like hair transplants and there's Reddit groups of like men that there's like tens of thousands of these guys that like just talk all day long about different like recovery sort of things and their journey and trips to Istanbul and other places. So I wasn't as super involved into it, but I did start reading a little bit of those type of groups to kind of get a general impression. But it's scary too, because people will say, I was botched and my scalp was this horrible, you know, one in a million thing happened to me or this bad thing happened or I got scammed. And I was trying to also not freak myself out about recovery stuff because you're like, you don't know if someone, like their body responds to things differently maybe. And I'm usually a pretty quick healer for different things, so... And you're young, so that's on your side. Mm -hmm. Versus like being like 60 or something. And then a lot of people, they go when they're too old to like get a hair transplant. And then the donor site, which is where they remove the hair from, isn't strong or healthy or the scalp isn't good. <laughs> so then, then the grafts aren't good so that the survivability of the grafts don't last or then they die off or the healing's different or the how the body processes this. There's so many things, but I'm like, hey, if I do it now, then it's permanent. And then when I'm older, I mean, I have all the hair now. Now and I just take the Propecia minoxidil pill because I got one from some website that compounded. So it's oral minoxidil, so you don't have to use the foam, which is good with the Propecia oh, nice. and vitamin D3. And you just take one pill and it just every day, once a day, you just take it for life more or less, but it just kind of blocks yeah. the hormones from making your hair fall out. If I do have like a propensity to be anxious or stressed or like lose hair from like the mental aspect of just life. Right. But I was starting like research and stuff. And there was a couple of different like popular hair clinics in Turkey, but the more popular ones would charge more money. So, you know, if they're charging, 
I don't even know what, I'm just making up a number, say 5,000, and then you're paying 1,500 in a flight or you bring a friend with you or you do stuff. You might as well just stay in LA and save up for a couple more (laughs) years, two years or something. Yeah. So what I did was kind of what I was talking to you about on one of the last episodes and what I always suggest to people, like, especially if they could start, if they have any amount of followers, but even if they don't, if they can start like filming beauty treatments and stuff to kind of show clinics, like, hey, I'll document my procedure. I'll kind of market your clinic for you in a way. It takes a while until people trust you. But even if you pay out of pocket for like some filler Botox and you film like a cool video, if you're comfortable with that and you post it on your page and then you show other clinics, like, look, I could make videos for your clinic or promote you. Then they'll give you discounted or free like services, which is the way to kind of do it. If you're known even on TikTok or posting little things, you don't have to have millions of followers. I see people with like, you know, thousands of followers. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. not like hugely millions of followers or anything, but the point was, was I started following this clinic, the one that I went to on Instagram. And I do this with like lots of beauty clinics too. Like I'll follow them. This is always my advice, follow them. And then like, like a couple of their posts. Like if you want to get Morpheus done, you'll like a couple of their Morpheus posts. Or like, oh yeah, I really want this and put a little heart on the post or something. And then usually they'll DM you to talk or like I'll DM them or something. So I don't know how this happened, but it was a couple of months ago. Um, I was following this clinic and they, I ended up realizing like the page I was following was like a secondary page of like their main clinic or something. I don't know why they had like two pages to advertise. So one was smaller than like the big company page. So I don't know how I got in touch with someone on like this other account, how I found it. I have no really like recollection of how it happened. But then they DM'd me and they're like, hey, we'd like to do a consultation with you and like answer any questions you have and talk about the process or or maybe I said I wanted a transplant. I don't know how it happened. So then I wrote to them and I said, hey, I'm an influencer in Los Angeles and I would really love to come to Turkey and get this hair transplant done with you guys. And maybe there's a way that we can basically work together or collaborate or make a video. I mean, I don't have the exact word off the top of my head of how I said it, but I try to imply like, I'm not paying like thousands of dollars. I'm not going to pay. So like, I just wanted to weed them out real quick. That was my plan. Like there's so many of these hair clinics in Turkey. Someone will be willing to have an American quote unquote influencer to come down yeah. and you know they want people like me to fly to from America to Turkey and like increase their tourism with like medical tourism I guess I don't know so I'm like this is the perfect idea Okay so that's what I wanted to ask you how is it beneficial for them if you're in America and, you know, releasing it? But I guess the hope is that more Americans will then fly. So they want it to be like, look, we have Steven Mango. He's done like very minor, like, you know, like YouTube stuff or some acting stuff in the past or just like minor sort of stuff to be like, hey, he trusts our clinic. This guy from LA who does all these beauty procedures and treatments trust going to medical of Istanbul clinic and he's willing to fly down and here's his whole journey and him talking about how safe and sterile and clean look at his results how amazing and look average person in Milwaukee you can fly just like Steve did and you can pay 3000 for your hair or 5000 or whatever the number that they quote you at and you can do it too and bring a friend just like Steve did. And they just kind of film it. And then I'm promoting to all my followers showing like, look at my results. You should go to Istanbul just like I did. And then it's like that trust thing and just kind of like that yeah. influencer sort of thing. But it's a harder sell. It's not just like, hey, go see whatever type of other beauty provider out there. It's like, hey, fly to a foreign country. So 
Yeah. There may not be as many people who are willing to do that, but hey, I mean, if, even if they get one person to watch my video in three months or something and be like, hey, I, I want to go down, then I made them money in a way. So sometimes they take right. those risks with quote unquote influencers, even though I'm not a big one. <laughs> well, and it gets people talking. And even if it's not directly, it could be indirectly coming to them just because there they're starts to have this conversation. You're on the podcast and then whoever's listening is starting to, oh, well, God, my husband was talking about that or something like that. It can just set off all these things where more people start talking about things and that could lead them mm -hmm. to that clinic. If they watch your video and they're like, okay, I trust this process. You know, that's uh -huh. enough for some people. Yeah, and if there's so many clinics and then if there are, like it wouldn't work maybe with just me, maybe for my followers, but if say they work with 20 other people who are in like a similar sort of thing or more and they start getting more popular influencers to come in than me and they start getting a lot of people, then it's like, oh, that's maybe the spot. Like why are all these influencers going there? And maybe not the average person thinks like, hey, they're getting free services. Maybe nowadays, maybe 10 years ago, people didn't realize influencers are just getting all this stuff for free. But, you know, it still makes it like, hey, wouldn't you go to the influencer place and the one that maybe no one knows about? At least that influencer been there and they vouched and they had good results, maybe. I don't know how they justify giving services, but... Some people just like to say, I went to this place because you know who went there, you know? Right. <laughs> it's why people buy their products that they sell. A lot of it is just like, oh, I got it from so-and-so, you know? Yeah, totally. I couldn't tell you who I bought what from. Like, <laughs> I don't pay attention to that stuff. But a lot of people do. It's like some kind of like, it's like celebrity light. And so they would be like, I got my hair done the same place as so-and-so. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And uh, hey, at least he trusts and maybe it's worth it if he was willing to do the trip. Right. Or Steve might have researched it enough. He's known for doing lots of beauty stuff. He's not going to go somewhere shady. And I obviously researched where I was going to be going and stuff before going on a plane to go all the way to Istanbul. But they started talking to me though. And I wasn't even like, they did offer it to me, but they said, hey, you have to just pay the hospital, quote unquote, hospital fee. So I still had to pay, like I paid like a thousand dollars or something for like everything. So that would be like the whole surgery. That would be like all the recovery foams and shampoos and neck pillows and just basically everything included. They promised PRP, all these things. All they said was your whole transplant is a thousand. Now, again, I'm like, the thing that could be scammy is A, I'm not a superstar influencer type of person. And B, with that being said, is it too good to be true that I fly all the way there and then I'm right about to get it? And they say, you know what? We really thought you needed a thousand grafts. You need 5,000 to get a result. So we'll give you a really great discount for like $4 a graft, but you know, we can't do the operation for what we had in, originally talked about on Instagram. Then it's like that right. sort of feeling like, what do I do? Do I just fly home? Do I pay? So I thought maybe that could have happened to me. Right. And you probably pay it. Yeah. More more likely to pay it because you're already there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they really could have got you. A hundred percent. And what people were telling me that I should have done, which I agree with, but I was talking to them on WhatsApp, which is that like site that you talk internationally to like different people on Wi-Fi or whatever, like texting them. Yeah, I use it. <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's so easy to just like to talk to people on WhatsApp. Yeah. It's for people who don't have FaceTime, I use it. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's easy. Like if you're traveling, then just use WhatsApp and then you don't have to use like your mm -hmm. regular like phone sort of stuff. I should have done like a consultation maybe with the doctor first on like webcam and shown them and said, hey, like how many graphs am I going to need? What's like this whole thing? And I was talking to them a bit on like texts and messages and stuff like that, but I didn't necessarily, and I wish I did that, was actually like anyone obviously going for any like sort of surgery, like we'll discuss my thoughts on if I 
recommend going overseas now that I've done it or what my tips would be if you are going for like, you know, the Dominican Republic's really big for BBLs. You can get one for like $3,000 and there's different places people go to for like medical tourism, like how I went for the hair to Turkey. Girls go to Dominican Republic or, you know, people fly to Miami for those surgeries. For their butts? Oh my God, um, they're so dangerous. Uh, yep, they just like lipo and then put the fat in. Especially, you know, because you can't sit on your butt. So then you're on a plane having to kneel in the seat because you can't sit for like a five hour, six hour flight. But anyways, yeah, I just totally trusted whoever these people were on Instagram and I was planning to go alone. Now, the good thing was my husband and what made it happen was my husband had like all these airline miles saved up for like years. He had like 2000 plus dollars of airline dollars and stuff. And we don't really travel, but it was just from using Amex so much. We just build up all those like reward credits. So he's like, hey, yeah. you know what? Since this is like your beauty dream of sort, like instead of like he was going to use it to visit his family and do stuff, he's like, you know what? If you want to just use it, <laughs> instead of like visiting the family and stuff, if you just want to use it to go overseas to get a foreign beauty who procedure, then just family? go for it. Use your, <laughs> who needs to see your family? Just use the Amex points. Does he fly. have a straight brother? <laughs> yeah, right. Could he fly us both out? I should have flown you out, honestly, uh, with me. It would have been so much better. Oh my gosh. That sounds amazing. You should have came along with me. That would have been fun. So then I'm like, it doesn't really cost much, right? So the, the, the hotel was included in that $1,000 fee too. So all I had to do was use my wow. husband's Amex points. So that was my flight. And then they included two nights for the trip, for the hair transplant. And I said, you know what? Two nights, given that they're 10 hours ahead, I'm going to fly all the way there. It's like a day ahead, two days. Basically, I get the surgery and then go home like basically the next day or something. I said, I'll add on an extra night. So I just paid for like 120 or something for like a third night. So just because I just wanted to like sleep or I said I didn't want to hop on a plane in case I had a complication. I should have stayed longer in theory, maybe like going back if I really would. I would have came a day in sooner than I did to have like an extra day to kind of like mentally kind of get in the headspace like I'm having surgery, not just like the next day, just going like right underneath yeah. the knife, like meet them or maybe like have like a little tour of the place just because I was so anxious a week before. Every day a week before, all throughout the flight going there, all the night before the surgery, like I didn't even like mentally decompress until I got home, which was Saturday night. So we're only like two, three days later or three days from me. I know from like, I hate to fly, but I will fly. Like I'm not going to let it like stop me. Stop. Mm -hmm. But if I have too much time to think about me having to get on that airplane, I'll still go, but I, it really messes with me. Mm -hmm. So it's almost better if somebody is just like, hey, we have to go get a flight to go somewhere, you know, in two days. Just fast. <laughs> yeah, because you're just like, there's, you don't have time to think about it. So maybe, I mean, you could really see it on both sides, mm -hmm. but maybe you not having that and just jumping right into it. Because maybe if you would have gone and seen everything and they would have told you how many graphs you would have had to get, maybe that would have like- More nerve-wracking. Yeah, made you pause or just- been even more scared. So, and they told me I wasn't even going to have to shave my head too. They're they like, oh, we're going to yeah. do like a no shave version, but I've never seen it on their Instagram. And I never seen really it like go well like that. And my hair, like I was growing it out for a while because I thought maybe I had to have length. I didn't know. I'm like, maybe if I have a lot of length and it's easier for them to do the transplant, I don't necessarily know what to think. So I grew yeah. it for like weeks just in anticipation, but I booked the trip two weeks before impulsive. I'm like, it's a good time with school. I'm not doing like finals or different stuff. I'm like, there's never going to be another time because I'm starting nursing school to try to be an aesthetic nurse in a couple of months. I'm like, I'll never go. I won't go for five years and then it'll be even worse. I said, let me just go yeah. do it. And then I was talking to my husband too. Obviously he's 
working and he doesn't like to travel as well. I don't like to travel just because I have like spinal like pain and issues and stuff. I can't sit on a plane really easily. But I'm just like, again, just with the hair transplant on my mind, I'm like, go, 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 go. But I'll fly to Turkey. <laughs> but then I'll go, yeah, for like, I don't even leave my house. And I'm like, let me go just like fly across the, to the world. <laughs> like, I'm like, I barely even go to Las Vegas. And I'm like, let me just go to like a foreign country. So I was talking to my husband and he's like, I'm not going with you. So I'm pretty independent in the sense of like, I can just, I don't need someone's like company to like really have to like do something. I'm like, oh, the clinic people will be there. They're going to drive me. Like they, they offer VIP transportation. They say they'll pick me up right at the airport, at the terminal, drive me to the hotel. The next day for the surgery, they pick me up, take me there, take me back. They'll offer a VIP tour of Istanbul if I wanted one. Like they were giving me all this sort of like reassurance, like I'm not going to be alone, like trying to get a taxi and not understanding the language because, you know, they're not speaking English very well, right. which I find out. So then I was talking to my husband. I said, you know what? My friend James, who we met on Instagram, and we've been friends for like six months or so. So we've been friends, but we haven't been knowing each other like 10, 15, 20, or it wasn't one of my like long, right. long-term friends. But I was asking him because, you know, I know other people too who are like work and stuff like that. So I'm like, you know what? James isn't working now too. It's probably like a good person to come alongside me because he lives in Long Beach. So he's close to LA and we can fly together from LA. I'm not going to fly my friend from Boston. We're not on the same flight because what if my head's like about to explode? I want like a friend as like an advocate. You know what I mean? Like if something bad's happening, I need someone like by my side, not like on another plane in another part of the country or something like that. Right. It sounds so bad saying it. Like when you think about it, like, oh, I'm, I'm making it sound like I'm a crazy person. But I was a little bit to do <laughs> no. it. Honestly, I'm crazy to, <laughs> yeah. to, to have gone all the way. So we flew yeah. out Tuesday from LA, which was last week. So today we're recording on March 22nd. I'm looking at my calendar here. So we flew out on Tuesday at 7 p.m. The flight was 14, maybe a little bit longer than that, hours. So then we land. So instead of it landing at like 7 a.m., we're landing around 5 or 6 p.m. their time on Wednesday. So you kind of like lose time because all of a sudden now it's all these hours later. So so then the way that this trip started so terrifyingly was the guy sends us like a WhatsApp message. Like he sent it twice and he was basically like, hey, meet me in front of this Burger King. Like once you go through customs and you go through all that sort of stuff, which again, I never really did that. I did it like once or twice, like going to the Bahamas. So again, I'm not thinking like, okay, like how much time, like what time do I tell him to meet us and stuff? James goes to his room because he got a separate room. I was going to let him stay in my room, but he got his own room. So I'm like, that's good. So I just felt bad. Like what if I'm like bleeding or like something like I can't sleep and I have someone else with me. I just feel bad like having someone else stay in my room with me, you know, if they're like taking care of me, but I'm like, I'm flying you out as well. Because that was the thing. I'm like, I'll fly him out as long as he keeps an eye on me and that sort of thing. So I've told him in advance, like, hey, you know, this isn't just like a fun trip to, we're going just as friends, like we're going to Las Vegas, like you're coming to take care of me and to film. So that was good too. When I didn't want to pick up a camera to film, I had him film. I'm like, you're the videographer. You're like my advocate. You have to watch out for me. Text my husband, text my friend, Allie, let people know when I'm out of surgery because I'm in a foreign country and they're worried just as much as I am. So like, we get to the clinic, exhausted, film all this content again. And I know I sound like a baby, like complaining about it. Cause again, I'm saving all this money, which is great, but they're making me film like an hour plus worth of videos. They're doing those type of content where like I'm sitting in a salon chair and they keep spinning me. Like they wanted to show like with the hair on and then spin it. And then I'm bald with the transplant, like kind of like one of those transition things. So oh. after like not even really sleeping, they're spinning another take, another take, another take, another take, another take. And then I have to do all these videos about, oh yes, everything was so great and so wonderful and lovely so far. Like before, like they start, before I even know, like if I would recommend them, right? So I'm doing all these videos. I'm like, you know what? Let me just cooperate because I haven't gotten the surgery yet. I want it really bad. Let me see what happens. The clinic's very upscale. It's like, 
luxury, like a Ritz Carlton sort of thing. It looked very clean. Everything seemed very sterile. Well, that's good. And yeah, I didn't feel like I was going into like a dump type of thing. Like right, it, it looked right. very, like I was comfortable going in. At that point, I'm like, okay, the clinic looks good. That was the big worry. Yeah. So then the doctor comes over again, one of many doctors who was working on the case. And then he comes over and he's like looking at my top hair and he's analyzing it. And he's basically speaking Turkish to Ali or one of them and saying, more or less, his hair is more receding than we thought. It's more like balding and like this top, like not the crown in the back, but like the direct middle center. It's kind of thinning. So if we fill in his hairline, like a beautiful, perfect hairline, and we make it super full, it's going to look bad and fake because then it's going to be all receding everywhere else. So he's going to have this really full hairline and then everywhere else is thinning. So it's going to be like having 10% of the density behind the really full hairline. So it's going to look bad more or less. So they said, yeah. you know what? We're going to just do more than we anticipated for him. And we're going to give him 3,000 grafts. I thought I was getting like 1,000. We're going to do 3,000. <laughs> and I wasn't expecting that many. So it's going to take even longer of a surgery than four hours because I was expecting four hours and 1,000 grafts. So now I'm doing triple the amount. Now there's different things that they say where if they like, drill in and they over harvest and like later on in the future, if you ever need another transplant or you don't have as many grafts or follicles, if they over like drill out too many or something like that, like they can overdo it more or less and give you too many grafts or pull them out and it can give you more side effects and but oops, sorry, I shouldn't be cursing on your podcast. Uh, <laughs> breaking all the rules today, you guys. <laughs> it is Such a passionate, passionate I think talking pe- about all this. People can handle that word. Yeah, That's right. Fine. So then they hand me the clippers and they basically said, we can't do the no shave version. We have to shave your head. So then I said, oh, like how many like numbing shots am I going to be getting? Thinking I'm going to get like three, maybe or four, like maybe like on one on the right side, the top, because they have to locally numb you. And then Ali said, oh, it's usually about 30, maybe more. So I thought he was kidding. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, like, so funny, like 30. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, brother, like another 30 <laughs> shots, brother. No big deal, right? <laughs> it's like so casual, right? And it's like one of those sort of things, like you walk in, they put on the hospital gown. They're like, okay, we're going to put you face down. And there was like all these nurses in there. They're these Petri dishes. It's like so scary. It was like from like a movie because they put the little hairs and they separate. They have like all these nurses. They have multiple doctors all just working on me today because it takes oh forever. Gosh. And then it goes, you know what? It's probably gonna be like four and a half hours. Like, do you want a lunch? And we could stop for an hour and then we can pick it back up. And I said, you know what? If it's four hours, I said, no, just do it. Because then I yeah. want, it's about 10, 30, 11, 12, one, two, three. Then I'm like, if I'm off at like three, maybe James and I could go to dinner tonight or we could rest or have like a nice night. You know what I mean? Like just kind of chill. You were see so turkey. optimistic. I was so optimistic about it. I'm like, we can go to dinner or go to the shops if I felt good enough. Cause they're like, you won't have any pain. You won't feel anything. They said the way that they worded it, the, the transplant itself isn't painful. Now the transplant itself, and I'm thinking meaning the whole A to Z process, right? Like, okay, it's not gonna be right. painful. So then they asked me, they say, okay, face down, whatever. And like, do you want a blanket or something? I'm like, oh yeah, you know, whatever, I'm fine. So then they start doing the shots. They just start and I could feel the needle going in and just like the most excruciating pain of the needle into the scalp. And that was just the first one. And I'm like shivering and shaking on like the operating table as they're doing like three, four, five, like six of them. And then they're like, they're like shaking their hand on like the scalp to try to like distract me for like the pain. But I'm so anxious. Like, I don't know even if it was just the pain of it, the sheer pain or just anxiety or probably both that they were doing it like literally all over my scalp that I'm just like shaking and just like feeling like the most intense like pain in my scalp. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like an hour's worth of numbing. It's not just like one quick shot, like an hour of all these different shots. So I think I'm going to like pass out. I never 
feel that way, like during like a medical sort of like procedure or something like that. So I'm like freaking out. And then I somehow like just through like the sheer, just like, oh my God, just try to get through. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm just kind of stuck there. I'm in the middle of the surgery and I have all these people here and I'm getting it. Like, I'm not just going to stop. So then as they're doing the numbing, Ali comes in. I was like, okay, how's everything going? Because it's like an hour later. And I'm just like, oh yeah, everything's fine. Like maybe you should get James to come in to film a little bit of like what's going on, like film like some like the numbing or whatever, right? All right, guys, that's it for this week. Next week, you're going to find out what actually happened with his friend and what it was like after the actual hair transplant. It's quite a story, and I promise it only gets better. All right, you guys, we'll talk next week. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening today. Don't forget to follow me on social media at Pure Skin OC. I post lots of skincare tips and videos. You can find me at TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, you can always visit my website and my online store. If you're local and interested in receiving one of my treatments, all of my services are on there and you can even book from there too. You can also find my skincare coaching if you want to have a virtual consultation with me so that I can help you with your skin. And lastly, but so important, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Besides sharing it with your friends and family, this is the best way to help it grow. Thanks so much, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Until next time.